It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, welcome to this week's Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson is in studio with me. Pete, how are you? I'm well. How about you, Chris? I'm doing very well. Good. Uh, we no, no Tommy Birch tonight live because he's at Principal Park. Um, but he joins us. Tommy wanted to hop on real quick. Hey, Tommy, how are you, buddy? I'm lovely. How are you? <laughs> I-Cubs in town tonight? They are. They're in uh, the second game of a uh, four-game series with the Omaha Storm Chasers. Ah, the Storm Chasers. Very fitting here in yeah. town tonight. Chase the storm out of here. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a pretty exciting game last night. Uh, Mike Freeman for the I-Cubs hit three home runs in a game. So it's uh, the series is off to a good start. Rip-roaring start down there at Principal Park. All right. Uh, more active, Tommy, unfortunately, than what you experienced on Saturday. So you were you were at the Al Lazard draft watch party. Is this accurate? You wrote a fantastic piece on it, by the way. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Alan Lazard had kind of a kind of a private party for some family and friends and teammates and coaches and stuff like that. And it was taking place all day during the draft on Saturday. Started. Um, right when the draft began, and uh, everybody stuck there till the better end. Not everybody, but most people did. And um, yeah, it was it was really tough to watch. You know, I think everybody around there was completely shocked. I mean, I think the overall consensus was Alan Lazard was going to get drafted. It wasn't uh, if he would; it's where he would go. And I think it was about maybe late in the fifth round that the realization kind of started to set in. That may not happen. I know that's when his agent called him and said, look, we got to start thinking about free agent deals. And it's it, it was something I didn't envision happening, just kind of sitting there waiting the entire day for a phone call. It didn't come. Did, was there any thought, Tommy, about, about just banging it? I mean, after the fifth round, just saying, okay, we're done, we're going home? No, because I think Alan and uh, a lot of people there just held out hope that something was going to happen. You At know, that point, New Year, are they hoping something happens or hoping that it doesn't? No, I think they were. I mean, based off of how Alan was and what I, you know he had said to me after and how he was monitoring the draft, you know, I know, yeah, the, the situation when you're getting drafted that late it's a, you know, you, you wrote about it. It's almost better to not get drafted. But on draft day, every every guy, most guys are still holding out hope that that they're going to hear their name called just because, you know, what honor it is. It's something he came back for his senior season um, to improve his draft stock and, and hear his name called. I mean, I think even up until the last pick, I'd asked him, I said, you know, what What was it like watching that last pick? And he had said, even though he knew it wasn't going to be him, because usually teams will call you and be like, hey, we're picking you. Even though he didn't get that phone call, he was still intently watching, just, I think, kind of hoping, you know, kind of hoping that maybe it would be some way, somehow. So did he lower his draft stock, do you think? Because last year the reports were that he was going to be, what, a fifth or sixth round draft choice possibly if he came out. Um, and, and so did he lower his draft possibilities by, by coming back for a senior year? 
You know, I asked him that. He didn't think so. And it's hard to imagine they did because look at how well he did at the Combine. You know, everybody raved. All the draft experts raved about how he turned in, you know, a really good 40 time. And you look at the body of work that he compiled during his senior season. It was his best season yet. He came back. He, you know, let, you know, he, he improved his drops. Um, he, he turned around a football program that had been marred and losing and, and got them to not just a bowl game, but relevancy on, on so many levels and solidified himself as possibly the greatest wide receiver in school history. So I think from that aspect, it's hard to say, yeah, he hurt his cause, but it, it really makes you wonder where he really sat in terms of things a year ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Because if there's anything from this draft that I learned is not to listen to, um, the, the, the alleged experts, they don't do too well after the top three rounds or so, maybe top 100 guys. They're just well, and, they're just throwing darts. Well, and I, I don't know if it's throwing darts because I think a lot of them usually have some, some really good insight in terms of what teams are actually saying about certain players. But you look at when it came to, to guys like Lazard, it was a very wide window of, yeah. you know, anywhere from three to possibly, I think, maybe the day before the draft of the sixth, you know, sixth round. So that wide window, kind of looking back on it, maybe in hindsight, probably should have been uh, maybe a little bit of a red flag that it's just nobody knew where he was going to go and 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 from i don't know i talked to steve loney saturday night who who i listened to a lot and a former iowa state assistant coach been all over the the nfl as a coordinator and, and offensive coach um um you know he if, it sounds like alan lazard's going to spend a year um bulking up Giving, getting twenty pounds heavier and stronger, become a become a tight end because his forty times, his forty times four point five five. There were twenty guy twenty or twenty one guys, wide receivers better than that time at the combine. Yet, the four five five was in the top three or four among tight ends. Would have been among the top three or four for tight ends at the combine. So. According to the to the pros and what happened in the draft, it looks like he he was a, he was a tight end playing wide receiver. Um, well, and that's that's kind of the interesting thing too when you look back on the draft. A lot of wide receivers like Lazard, those big, lengthy, um, giant options, were just not being taken. They were for some reason or another, um, teams just weren't going after him. But I do think. For now, he's going to stay a wide receiver just for the sheer, um, you know, um, um, reason that one of the reasons why like Jacksonville was one, um, they looked at him and his agent looked at the roster and they figured there aren't a ton of big wide receivers like him at Jacksonville. And then also his agent had kind of been assured, look, that was not a position they were going to um to really target in terms of non-drafted free agents. So I think just because of those two options, for now, he'll probably stay at wide receiver. We all love Alan Lazard. He was great to me, great to you, great to us as a reporter, and we just wish him well. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, look, at he, he had a fantastic career. He's, he's going to get plenty of opportunities, even though he's a non-drafted guy. Um, you know, his agent said they, 
they got $40,000 of guaranteed money. So, um, you know, it's like I say, he's not a draft guy, but that's at least money enough where, hey, they're putting some sort of investment in him, and he's going to get plenty of opportunities. He's going to still get more opportunities than probably the the typical non-drafted free agent. Tommy, thanks, man. Enjoy the uh, I-Cubs tonight. Tell all of our friends at Principal Park hello. We'll see you next week, all right? I will. Thanks, guys. All right, pal. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Yeah, Randy, uh, to put a bow on that, and we're, we'll, we'll talk to Matt Bain, talk some recruiting next, I was shocked. I, you know, I've heard all the stuff as to why it potentially could have happened. I just, I was shocked. I could not believe he didn't get drafted. Yeah, I was at I was at a funeral um, until about noon on, on on Saturday, and I was I was concerned that I I'd get home too late to to miss the Lazard mm-hmm. um, getting drafted in in the funeral. Um, I'm I'm sitting there in the pew with the you know the family section of the pew, and I've got my I've got my I've got my phone out, and you know I probably shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah, but, it happens, but uh, yeah, it happens, but. Uh, um, Part of yeah, the business, right? yeah. And so I sped, I sped home. Um, and, uh, um, golly, that was, yeah, I was, I was really surprised as well, but, but yeah. it happens. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, we're going to, we have a lot to get to here before six twenty when the Cardinals and the White Sox come up, we're going to talk to Matt Bain. I'll let you tease this next segment. What has Matt been up to for Matt, the register? Matt Bain is the register's. Excuse me. The registers recruiting writer. He's spectacular at what he does. It's a thankless beat. There's so many, you know, recruits are are ever are everywhere out there yet, and it's impossible to stay up on. He does as good a job as anybody, as far as staying up on the recruits. Matt is writing a novel about DJ Carton. It sounds like mm-hmm. <laughs> I say that affectionately, Matt. Um, but yeah, Matt was in. Um, Minnesota over the weekend okay. and watching AAU. Or I guess he's called it AAU. I don't know what you yeah. call it anymore. That's, AAU sounds right. basketball games and um, DJ Carton, who's not one of the, the kid from Bettendorf, who's high on Iowa State's list, um, performed. And Matt, thank you for joining us. You take it from well, there. He's not. He's not here yet. We're going to take a break well, where real is quick, he? and then we'll bring him on. Um, yeah, it's a good tease by Pete. That's what we're doing next here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back to Cyclone Insider. Thanks to Tommy Birch for joining us in segment one. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Randy Peterson and I will discuss his conversation with Royce White earlier today. The former Iowa State star is back in the news. But, Randy, joining us right now, the Register's recruiting reporter, Matt Bain. And, Matt, um, uh, Chris Williams here. How has the tour around Minnesota been? Uh, that's where you've been at, is that correct? Yeah, Minneapolis, Minnetonka, kind of the, the suburb areas. It was great, man. I'd actually never been to Minneapolis. It was 10 out of 10, would visit again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, okay, let's say that somebody's completely foreign to the basketball recruiting scene in Iowa. What have you been doing up there, and why is it such a big deal? Right, so up there I was taking a look at DJ Carton, uh, Bettendorf point guard. He's a four-star guy, six foot two, lefty, extremely cerebral style of play, but he also matches that with high-intensity defense all the time and jump-out-of-the-gym athleticism. 
Um, Iowa State and Iowa are both heavy in on them right now. They're two of the probably the five schools that are the major players right now with Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Indiana. Um, so I was just going up there to to see him again. I hadn't watched him play since November, but to also um, chat with him, chat with his coaches, chat with just anybody who might know a little bit about his recruitment and just kind of get a better sense of what's going on. What's his What's his timetable, Matt, for, for deciding? Um, Right. So earlier this year, when I talked to him in November, he said next fall, so this upcoming fall here. Um, but last weekend, he said that he might actually push it up to late summer. Uh, this has been kind of a zero to 100 recruitment. Uh, he's not a guy who really enjoys the spotlight, enjoys a whole bunch of attention. And he admitted that it's, it's pretty stressful on him and his family. They've resorted to playing board games together at night to kind of be stressed. Um, so, so he might still keep it going until next fall. But don't be surprised if something happens late in the summer after he takes some official visits. What's your What's your read? What's he? Um, if If gun to your head, if 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 you had to pick today where he was going, what would you say? Indiana. Wow. Why is I that? Mean, Just Indiana. relationships. Yep, relationships with Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks. Um, Indiana has made a great late push here. Um, while they didn't send multiple coaches. That, Several days, like Ohio State sent all four of their coaches to watch D.J. Carton on that first day in Minneapolis, which is quite impressive, a big-time statement. Um, Indiana sent associate head coach Tom Ostrom the first two days, and then they closed on Sunday with Archie Miller. Uh, but D.J. grew up looking up to Victor Oladipo. He got to meet Victor when he visited Indiana uh, during the basketball season this year. He was super, super impressed. Um, he wanted an offer from there. He got an offer uh, right around the time he got the Iowa State offer. And there's just a lot of momentum going towards the Hoosiers with, with Archie just getting Romeo Langford. It's yeah. looking like they're going to get Trace Jackson Davis, Keon Brooks. Um, I, now, who things could change in two days, but gun to my head, right now I would say Indiana. Is Kansas involved at all? No, Kansas is not involved with DJ. Uh, Kansas is lightly involved with Xavier Foster, the 2020 kid out of Oskaloosa. Yeah, that's, that, was my next, that was my next deal. He was not up there, was he? he was, where was he, down in Florida? Where was he playing? Uh, I think he was in... Indianapolis or Atlanta. Okay. Does Iowa or Iowa State have – I mean, I know they have a shot, but, like, realistically, either one of these kids – because it always seems to me – and, Pete, you have more experience with this than me, but the the highly touted basketball players – the really the blue chip guys don't generally stay in state. Well, the Iowa got the the kid They got Woodbury. Well, they've got – what's his name coming in, too, for next year? Oh, yeah, Wieskamp, correct, yeah. yeah. But it's you know I'm talking like the the top end guys. Wieskamp would be a uh, he would fit into that. But w- what are the chances that either of these guys end up in state? Um, Iowa and Iowa State are squarely in the race for for DJ. Um, I think there's a decent shot that either of those two schools picks up Carton. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily as likely that Xavier Foster will because he he could get an offer from Kansas. He could get an offer from Duke. He's got that type of potential. Um, if his summer continues the way his spring has, and if he keeps dominating the high school scene. Uh, so I think he is truly a blue-blood kid. I think DJ is right on that blue-blood fringe to where he could become a blue-blood prospect as this offseason goes on, but that's yet to be determined. Matt, are these kids aware of the fact that down the road, some of these high-end programs, these blue blood programs like we like to call them they could be really slapped slapped around pretty good by the by the feds and by and by the NCAA are they does that play into account 
of anything? Of it, does it, is that a factor at all, do you think? I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I think that the most recruits think when they go to a school, oh, it won't happen to me. Oh, it won't happen to this program. Um, to be honest, I don't think that factors in too much into at least the kids that I've talked to. Maybe maybe some of those top five, top ten kids, uh, like Romeo Langford, he was considering Kansas, and he picked Indiana. So maybe there's some considerations for those guys, but for DJ and Xavier, um, I haven't gotten any sense that that is part of the consideration. What's 2019 Iowa State recruiting look like, for if you can, for the last couple of minutes here? Yeah, so DJ Carton has yeah. become a, a very big priority in the past couple of weeks. Um, I originally thought EJ Liddell was probably the number one target. I might swap him with DJ Carton now. Uh, Cyclones still love EJ Liddell. He's the Mr. Illinois basketball. He beat out Taylor Horton Tucker for that. So it's a big time honor for him. Um, but it's kind of a question of how long can Iowa State hang on? I mean, this guy, EJ Liddell, he's a 6'7 power forward. He's got springs in his legs and he can pop out and shoot it. Um, he's going to wind up as a five star top 25 guy. Georgetown and Louisville just offered, Texas A&M just offered, UConn just offered. Um, so let's see how long the Cyclones can stick in this. Uh, one of EJ's best friends, Mario McKinney, a combo guard out of St. Louis, the Cyclones have been in on him for a long time. Uh, it looks like he's trending toward Missouri because his cousin Jimmy McKinney went there, but the Cyclones are in on him. Um, Kyra Lewis, a point guard out of Alabama, Cyclones like him a lot, but Alabama is all over him, wanted to keep him in state. So it'll be interesting to see how that recruitment kind of develops and if the Cyclones decide they might not want to spend resources down there if it, if it isn't going to be worth it. Matt, thank you. That's a really comprehensive review. We we appreciate it, and uh, glad you enjoyed Minneapolis. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Right, Thanks, bro. Matt. Matt Payne from the Des Moines Register. Um, Man, I just – I have a bad feeling about hyped basketball. Like, because yeah. Wiest Camp was – in a way, like the Lazard thing, grew up a Hawkeye. Like the, you knew that that was probably where he was going to go, right? Yeah, I, I, it's yeah I, that's from the, everything I've read, and I the vibe I always got. Like there. you and me, I, I don't like you. I don't know. I'm in this Iowa State bunker. It seems like mm-hmm. you know because that's all you see is Iowa State. So yeah, but but um, my if I had like to, if I were a betting man, I would say neither one of those guys end up in state. Well, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe let's shut down a border. <laughs> Shut it down. I don't know. We'll see. Roy Williams would be really upset if we did that. <laughs> Couldn't come and rip off our prospects anymore. And he's, and he's done it. All right. Uh, Peterson's with me for the next 20 minutes. And we are going to talk Royce White. It's been an interesting 24 hours. Pete talked to him this morning. That's coming up next here on KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Hour three of Fanatics, but it's segment three of Cyclone Insider. We're on for another 15, 20 minutes or so, and we will head down to Bush Stadium where the Cardinals are taking on the White Sox tonight. Sean's a big White Sox fan. Sean, how do you feel about tonight's ballgame? Not good. Not good, says Shawnee Jenks. You got James Shields pitching. Not good. Man, that's... That is so far over my head. I have no idea. So you need that. to watch hockey tonight, then. Yes. Or you plan your wedding. Or the yeah, in, yeah. Or the NBA. It. You're gonna watch hockey over the NBA, Pete. What's on your TV tonight? What's on my TV tonight? Yeah, you're watching LeBron, or you're watching hockey, or some baseball. I'm watching LeBron. Yeah, me too. I yeah. feel like that's a no-brainer. I'm watching LeBron's Bull at nine o'clock, though. Watching what? Bull. What's that? It's a TV show. It's good. Okay. 
Take your word for it. Um, Randy's here with me, and we had a Royce White got basically he got cut by his Canadian team last night. Is that accurate? What, it was last week, actually. Last week, think, and then it I just got it was. published. Yeah, last it, night? it's 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 trickled out a little bit. What happened was in the in the they're in the playoffs. It's the London Lightning. It's in London, Ontario, Canada. They're in the playoffs. Um, Royce fouled out of a game, and after shortly after he fouled out. In uh, during the on the floor, just off to the side of the floor, he saw the deputy commissioner of the league in Royce, um, in as Royce does when Royce has something on his mind, it comes out, and so Royce, um, in full view of of everyone in, in the area where they were they were having their verbal discussion, confrontation, whatever you want to call it. Um, Royce talked about how he thought that the league was um, biased against his team, not necessarily biased against him in this respect, but biased against his team. And he called the deputy commissioner a cornball. And um, and the, the discuss the, it kept it went on for for a while, I guess. And and the result of that was that Royce was suspended for for 10 games which in essence means the rest of their year they're in the playoffs but it's in essence the the rest of this season and it would actually extend into next season so i know royce very well i talk to him once a year or so whether i write stuff about him or not i just talk to him we text back and forth and so i gave royce a call this morning and said royce dude what's up what'd you do you know what happened here mm -hmm. and so i when royce talks i listen um, and, and he's very passionate. He's very emotional in his beliefs. And so he, you know, for 45 minutes or, or so, Royce, um, Royce had the floor, I mean, essentially. And I, I was, I was essentially listening to him because I've written about before, do you have regrets? You know, if you'd done something different, what would you do? And, and all that stuff. I didn't care about that. I just want to know what's moving forward. What's, what's Royce White going to do now? And Royce said, he didn't really know. He's not done playing basketball, but he said, and I kind of chuckled at this. He said, for sure, he's going to, for sure, one of his next games, maybe his next game will be the alumni game at the second annual Steve Prohm. Um, the, the second, I don't know why I call it Steve Prohm. He's the one that started it. The second annual Cyclones men's basketball alumni the reunion. reunion. Yeah, and that's in, in early August. So Rice could not get back last year. Rice guaranteed me he'll be back this year and he'll play in the game. Boom. Oh, man. We talked about mental, yeah. the, the the whole thing about mental illness, um, about how he's still going to be an advocate for that. Um, we talked about. So about you've asked him before if he has regrets. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? He said he says no. No. Um, you know, and I know the common the common thought is, okay, Royce, why not get your feet wet a few a few years in the NBA? Because after all, he was a first round draft choice in mm -hmm. two thousand and twelve by Houston. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, why? Why not? You know, why not get your feet wet a couple of years before you you come out and do this and get get established and then become the spokesman for for um, um, mental mental health. A lot of people wonder that. I you know, and I've asked Royce that before, and he said it's just something he's he's been and he has been he has been because I went back through clips and there's a there's also there's a video clip on my with my column right now from a video that I did in 2011 with him in his apartment and he's talking about mental oh, yeah. health then. So, I mean, this has always been there for him. 
um, it's always been one of his one of his um, very very passionate um, things he he talks about. So that's not going to change. And so he once he got to the league, he wasn't going to he wasn't about to shut up and 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 um, you know and and as far as that's concerned. So he continued to be to be um, an advocate for um, mental health awareness and and uh, you just you like know, I I think the the NBA wasn't ready for it. Well, yeah, and I, I actually, for a long time, I've sided with Royce on a lot of. We have to this be careful stuff. what you say. I don't mean to interrupt you too, but I don't think I've never been in in a in that that position where where I've had to explain my mental health disorder, and so I don't. I can't imagine no. putting myself in in that position. So, I. The you say the NBA wasn't ready for it. I don't think I, they were. I, I think They're the, ready now because Kevin Love came out during this season. Yeah, but Royce, this would be my what I would say to him. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's had problems everywhere he's been, other than Iowa State, like in in his entire career, dating back to high school. And it's just like there's there's a like it. Royce, do you regret like the way you've acted? Because it's some right. The NBA is a business. It's right, not like yes. in college where everybody cares about you. Even the media, like we the get NBA, to know these guys. When he was at Iowa State, he had somebody with him twenty four seven. Yeah, almost. like the NBA is different. Yeah, it is a yeah, business. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna coddle you. No, and this is one of my problems with not with the one and done thing. It's like I, I agree that an eighteen year old should be able, if they're worth however many millions, they should be able to do that. The problem is, if I'm the NBA, I don't want to have to babysit people twenty four seven. Like, and so you've got an eighteen year old out there, and yeah. not, an eighteen year old is not going to be hanging with the thirty year old veterans. Thirty year old veterans are going to be hanging with his his family. So yeah, yeah. It's so I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I I have a lot of sympathy for Royce. I think that um, I, never once have I doubted the mental health stuff. He's a hundred percent genuine there, and he has great points. And he, he, so, my point is that somewhere it's gotten lost, and you know, like it's at some point, like the way he was presenting it didn't get yeah, through. Yeah, he's misinterpreted, mis misunderstood. Royce and Royce and I talked about this again today. Royce, <clears throat> Royce has performed at the high beyond the highest level. Mm-hmm. While having anxiety, Royce Royce's first NCAA tournament, Fred's first NCAA tournament, 2012. What did Iowa State do? Iowa State in the first game knocked off defending champion UConn. Royce had a double double, darn near a triple double. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is his first game in the NCAA. It you know, I mean, if that's not, I. That that's got to send chills through your body if you're a player. Mm-hmm. Next game he had, they got beat by Kentucky, but he had like twenty three and twelve. I mean, so he overcame it during at that yeah. point in time. Earlier in the season, Royce and the Iowa State basketball. Royce flew with the Iowa State basketball team to Texas A and M for a game. How did he respond? He had a triple double. He had ten points, thirteen rebounds, and ten assists. He had a triple double, performed at the highest. Royce can do it. He can do oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it's ever been about his talent. And that's what sucks because he he is so supremely talented. 
I still believe to this day he is. He's a he's one of the best basketball players in the world. I truly believe it. But there's always been well, yeah, he could have been. Yeah. yeah, and it there was always this this thing, which is very important. And again, I I have so much sympathy for what he goes through, and it gets lost in translation somewhere, and mm-hmm. it has impacted the way people perceive him because of the way that he goes about it, and that's. To me, that's the issue. I think that it's just a shame, man, because he he could have had so much larger of a platform. Yeah, that's what stinks about this. And I, I, I don't, and I think he means really well. Oh, he does mean well. He's harmless. Yeah, Rice I agree. Is a, Rice is a is a puppy dog. Um, I, I I I wonder about the representation he had. I I would agree with that. Um, the the people around him. I know Royce Royce had a lot of people around him. Um, he's he was very close to an uncle, and I I got to know his uncle a little bit, and his uncle seemed cool. But there's other people around him. I mean, it's I don't know why his agent couldn't have couldn't have of you know, and maybe he tried. I don't know, but discussed better ways to go at this. But if yeah. you know Royce White, that's Royce White. I know, and I. I think that Royce probably you know looking back, and this is just my opinion. He. He went the route of just hitting people over the head with it. Yeah. Where, like, Kevin Love kind of blended in. Well, but Roy, let's say Royce may have paved the way for it, too. Oh, I, I would totally agree with that, yeah. I mean, Royce was talking about this stuff before anybody else right. was, especially yeah. at that level. Let's take a few phone calls, <laughs> 515-284-5966. Bruce on Royce White. Hey, Bruce. Hi. Hi, Bruce. I, I'm not a you know professional in that area by any means, but I think – the problem is that when people are dealing with Royce that he's working for, you can't, he, with his diagnosis, I mean, there, he, he has anxiety. Well, they can't take it personally when he has symptoms because they, they don't go on 24-7. They do go away. And just I, I, what I've heard on this thing, which is all hearsay, is that they just said, oh, he just kept going, he kept going, and, you know, he kept doing it. Well, it, it it's not it's nothing that he means to anybody personally, and, it, and no one should take it personally. But that's what I think. You need to look the other way and let it, let the water wash off your back. Uh, yeah, but, uh, who knows? I'm sorry. The good those are that's good, Bruce. And and like we said, Royce was Royce was a precursor to this in the in the NBA. I'm not certain the NBA had even heard of anything like I don't, I, I've never read of any NBA player coming forward like this um, like like Royce did I mean talking about the method of travel in the NBA and 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 whatnot um, they weren't they weren't prepared for it um, he certainly has opened some eyes and and he will continue to do that Royce told me that he will play continue playing basketball someplace probably overseas and and even if that doesn't work out, he's 27 years old. He certainly would be in high demand on the on the speakers tour. So he'd make a lot of money out there speaking, I would guess. Right. Okay. Well, good show. Thank Thanks, you. Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. I have a hard time with this because <laughs> I just I think more like a PR person, and I I think you're right on. I think you nailed it on the representation part. It's just this could have been different. That's the thing. 
It should. seems like it's easy. This I could mean, have been different because yeah. he's supremely talented. He's supremely talented. He's supremely intelligent. Yeah, he's he's, great. he's he's multi. I mean, play that video that, that that I that's on my story. I mean, he's playing the piano. He's composing songs. Uh, it's incredible. As we're as as I'm talking to him, I mean, he's composing songs. He's got a he had a clothing line. Um, yeah, he's. He wanted to be like a movie producer. Yeah, yeah, he's so yeah exactly. He's so eclectic. Oh my gosh! See, that's the thing too that I wonder. And it's I, not I an love, act. I would no. It's God. No, it's not an act. I would love to talk to his bosses at Houston. Because, Kevin or um, Kevin McHale. So like, I remember the day that Royce announced he was going pro, mm-hmm. and we all interviewed him, did our things. Mm-hmm. I did a one-on-one with him, and like. The whole interview was about like a clothing line. It was about, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm not his kidding. Record Randy. Stuff, his record label. Ten yeah, percent was about basketball. Right. Yeah. And if you're becoming a professional basketball player, like I, I'm just curious. Like, do they want guys like that, or they do they want the basketball junkies who that's all that they care about? And if he's I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying. I would love at to that talk time. To him. I don't think they wanted anybody. They wanted somebody like that. They wanted somebody that was all basketball. I, at that point in time, mm-hmm. in 2011, I don't know whether there was anybody in the NBA. I mean, it's certainly the 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 whatever. What's the guy's name? The ball guy, Lavar. Yeah, Lavar Ball. Yeah, I mean, he, oh, certainly those guys weren't around. Um, yeah, they don't want people. The NBA back then, I don't think wanted some anybody stealing the NBA's thunder. At least act. At least making overtures towards being bigger than the game um which maybe people thought royce was royce was trying to do when you talk to him tomorrow and this is way off the subject but when you talk to him tomorrow ask him about tibet he he told me during my one that interview i did when he was in at iowa state i said what do you want to do some what what's your you know what major trip would you like to make sometime and he said he wants to go to tibet I said, why? Hmm. Interesting. And, and he said the Tibetan, I can't say the word, monks have figured out have figured out how to deal with with mental illness and anxiety. And he wanted to go talk to him. Hmm. Where did that come from? I mean, yeah, but I, I think what you're doing is you're telling our listeners the type of guy we're dealing. That's with. That's exactly I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. I mean, As I said, he's supremely intelligent. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just going to say too intelligent. I wouldn't know that, but. Um, Supremely intelligent. Yeah, man. I just you know it, it's like you know like when you um, when I have a fight with my wife, right? Sometimes it's it's not what we're saying to each other; it's how you say it. Yeah, it's like hey, um, if if she says to me, "Hey, honey, would you mind washing the dishes while you watch the game?" I'd be much more willing to do it than if she goes. Hey, wash the dishes, lazy ass. Yeah. Right? And I just wonder, like, had he had that person in his corner to present it differently? Because right. you and I got it because we've been around him. We, we were around we, him from the, minute, yeah. the day he got to Iowa State. We understood I mean, him. Before he, the year before he played because he didn't play for a year. Yeah, we got to know him better that we year got, than when he was on the court. Exactly. We, and he was so enlightening. We got to know him. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, what a great guy. I mean, I still say that. I just say he's misunderstood. Um, yeah, he is, and and he, you know he's got to find a way to. I, but that and all that said, you can't run up to the league's commissioner in the middle of a game and call him names. <laughs> call him cornball. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, you can't. You can't. And whatever happened, and I don't. I don't know what it was. Right. 
but he was big enough of a pain for this team to cut the number one player in the league. MVP last year. So that's what, like, what do we not know? I don't know. Like it's he got it's, suspended twenty games earlier this early in the season or maybe last season. And Royce believes that that was unjust. He, he believes it was unjust because at some point during the season, um, two teams, players from two teams in the league, got into a fight that spilled into the stands where there are kids, where there were women, where there were families sitting together in a family environment at a basketball game. It spilled into the stands, and those players got suspended for four or five games. Royce gets 20 for for an elbow that was during the course of, of boxing out under under the boards for a rebound. That's what Royce told me. So, yeah, Royce feels there was injustice there also. So um, hmm. I don't want to say that the whole world's against Royce White, but I sometimes – I think he feels that I'm way, I'm just going to say that at some time – points i think that yeah i think that's that's his mindset at least this was a good conversation thanks yeah. Randy. appreciate my, my it my pleasure I, I can talk about royce forever hopefully uh we all just want royce to do well be happy be well as he would tweet um coming up next the cardinals are hosting sean jankowski's chicago white Sox. is an upset in the hands tonight of interleague play we'll find out throw it down to Shannon and Rooney next.